Welcome everyone to LOA Uncorked with Holly and Gina. We're excited you've joined us for a conversation to unleash your inner badassery and uncork your magic. This is the no bullshit, all truth, nothing but fun podcast. And don't worry, we've got you. You are our VIP. Hello, everyone. Welcome to LOA Uncorked. This is Holly. And this is Gina. And listen, Gina, we are introducing my son, Nikon Moini. Does that like feel like super special? Like It is kind super of a special. big deal, right? I love listening to him. Like when we were in it, it yeah. was different than kind of listening back to <sighs> his story. And I don't know. I think we should tell our listeners we are embarking upon yeah. getting a younger perspective and a voice. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a series and it's, you know, kicked off with my son. Yeah. And really the whole intent of this podcast is to, you know, listen to people who are living in an authentic life and are always in search of their path, their journey, their, what their soul's desire is. And I think, you know, hopefully listeners are able to to pick up and hear that Nikon is very much a model of that in his own unique way. And he's had, I think, a harder time finding his path post pandemic, I think. Yeah. But it's just, it's fascinating to hear their perspective and and where they're at in life. And, you know, you think back, we've said on the podcast many times before, had we known what we knew years and years and years ago, you know, gosh, you know, where could we have been or what might have changed or, you know, all those kinds of things. And so I think that the, the series with the younger generations will teach us a lot about, you know, where we were at, where they're at and, and how far they've come and, and how this kind of uh, law of attraction, following instincts, all those can really, really help people move forward in their life quicker. And it's be interesting to see what the younger generation has to say. I love that, Gina. And I know that Nikon didn't specifically get into it, but following his path wasn't always easy. Mm-mm. And the experiences he's had in life has, has kind of pushed him in that direction. It still isn't easy for him. He's post-pandemic trying to launch a career in music and production. Mm -hmm. And so he grew up through the Catholic system, school Mm -hmm. system until high school, which he went to an art school and kind of found a lot of what made him Mm -hmm. smile. And he's going to talk about that. And then just kind of, we looked at colleges and ended up actually your daughter is the Mm one, your daughter's the one who found him Blackbird Academy, which he graduated from with an audio production engineering certification. And, you know, he's been producing music. So he talks about that, but he doesn't really touch on the fact that even though he knew this was his mission, he didn't quite fit in in other areas. So whether that speaks to you or whether you have a, child that exists in that field, supporting that person and listening to him may be helpful to you. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, Nikon's, even my children say what he is just, he's a genius. He's a musical, musical genius, beautiful soul, musical genius, and just a, just a great human being. And, and I'm excited that everyone gets a chance to get to know Nick a little bit better by listening to the podcast today. And (laughs) I think, you know, ironic, they might not know they kind of already know him. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of already know him. They and do. will continue to know him, yeah. actually, right? So uh, Nikon uh, was the one who put together our music, produced our music for First Gen, 
of when we kicked off the podcast, kicked off the podcast. through to this episode, Gina, right? Yep, right through this. Uh, yeah. And what did we tell him? We just, we didn't give him any, anything. And that's what he came up with. And we accepted it. We were like, it was great. Correct. We, Correct. we gave him zero direction. Zero direction. Nothing. Right. So if you like our music, that came from zero direction. Zero direction. Okay. And then what's happening now? I don't know. Why don't you talk about it? I'm well, so excited. I mean, so excited. So Gina and I decided that, you know, the music needed to reflect more of mm-hmm. where we're going, which yeah. we're excited about. In And so Nikon said, well, I'm not going to start with nothing. You know, like he's <laughs> you bossing guys, me around. You guys, you guys talked you guys, me to that the first time. I'm not doing it again. You need to tell us like what you want. Yeah. Give me three sounds that yeah. your three songs yeah. you like and specifically why. I mean, he gave us a lot of homework, Gina. <laughs> really and does good. Gina do the homework? No. Exactly. I and mean, so, I came up with ideas, but you actually were able to tie my ideas to actual songs. Well, I, you complete me, Gina. That's that's the story. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, so I was like, okay. Me. I was like, what about acoustic? She's like, well, what about electric? And I was like, damn it. Okay. If we can't find some sort of inspiration yeah. from Led Zeppelin, we're, there's a problem. Okay. So, <laughs> and since, you know, we want to channel our inner rock star uh-huh. and I, I'm always trying to do that baby. That's it's, badassery it's, it's, right there. That, that, that shit's on my vision mm-hmm. board, that, that rock star shit. Okay. Yes. And uh-huh. so, and our last episode was rock star. Kelly shit. can completely Kelly. relate. Yes. Absolutely. And so Gina and I got together and I corralled her and mm-hmm. and played her all kinds of Led Zeppelin oh, songs. That's awesome. And all I said was, "Give me a cowbell," and she says, "Give me a guitar riff." And uh-huh. we hope you enjoyed it. But that's Neek. That's Neek again every time. And did we change it? No. No. He, one one take and it we, yeah. was perfect. It was so, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We hope you enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy the episode. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to LOA Uncork. This is Holly. And this is Gina. All right, Gina. Well, now, you know, this is like a very, very special episode. Well, we say this all the time. No, but this one's really special. Like, uh, this is like uniquely special. Don't you think? I think so. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. every time you tune into LOA Uncork, mm-hmm. guess what? What welcomes you to the, to the episode, you mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. And what leaves you? After you listen to every word and hang on to every word every that we word. say. It's that little ditty. That little ditty. He's yep. here. He's in the stew. Yes. He's here. His name's Nikon Moini. And you might guess. Yes. That he's a relative. He's related. <laughs> <laughs> to, he is, to not the Jeej, but to Holly. Yes. He is my son, Nikon Moini. Welcome, Nikon, to the studio. Welcome, Nick. Thank you guys for having me. (laughs) That poor man has been here for so many guests. He really has. And he's been quietly supporting from. Well, well, maybe sometimes he complains a little bit sometimes. From the corner, he's a little. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's the. the grumbler in the back of the room sometimes, <laughs> but he's just always supportive. Always. So Nikon Moini is a crazy creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a producer. He produced Young Wolf, who mm-hmm. we had on this episode. I think you need to go back to episode. Oh gosh, it's in the teens, right? I don't know, but it was amazing. Yeah. He. We'll put it on the show notes. He has produced many albums, the Mob yeah. series, mm-hmm. okay, and then Basquiat and. He is producing, well, we'll let him tell us what he's producing. He's produced a lot. Uh, He studied at Blackbird Academy, Mm -hmm. which is owned and operated with John McBride. Mm -hmm. Martina McBride's husband. Thank you, Mm -hmm. Gina, for that little ad in there. And so he's in the studio and he's going to talk about his creative process Mm -hmm. and other musings, I think. And so... I love it. Welcome, Nikon. Welcome, the Nick. 
Uh, thank you guys for having me. So, uh, how do you guys want me to talk about it? Like, what do you want to know first? Well, I think, I mean... <laughs> what helps your podcast the most? I think I we it. have a lot of people that are trying to tap in to find their own creative process. So, how is it, because you create your own original music, you yeah. also produce it. What does that process look like for you? When I create the music... Aside from the technical aspects yes. of everything, right. you're always thinking about how to do it. It's kind of like a, uh, it's just like how to do it. And then it's kind of thinking of what you're doing before you actually do anything. Mm. Okay. It's kind of like visioning. Mm. Okay. I was so you, told a so lot about visioning in the past couple of weeks. And I was told by a very important person about that. Mm -hmm. And so with nice. that being said, there's envisioning that happens before any of the process of the music technical aspect of everything takes place there's a lot of envisioning that we do as artists when we envision basically when I, what i mean by envision is we think about it mm -hmm. we think how we're going to do it mm -hmm. and we envision us actually doing it right. and then we go and we do it and that's just how the creative process starts. Mm -hmm. Nice. So you go into it to some extent with kind of a, a, a goal or a sound or a vibe or a something yeah. in mind that you're trying to create. Yeah, always. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's like an idea. You know, you, you spark an idea yeah. when you've been doing it for a while. You spark ideas that you're like, well, I could totally do that, you know? Then right. you go and you capitalize on those ideas. But with all, all of that happens envisioning happens before you actually right. capitalize on it so when you were uh envisioning your album which is you know the ugly mob the first oh, one God. that you did in high school i mean he's well past high school everybody yeah. but we have to go back to the roots here yeah, that, that was highly creative yeah. mm -hmm. you pulled people in that didn't sing you pulled i mean yeah i don't know <laughs> like you need to talk about yeah, what was the envisioning important. process we, we'd be excited to hear about that it was so different we're gonna put it in the show notes so you can listen to the the album but like I mean, there's how many songs are on it there's a lot dude, we, the first album that we had i made sure i had like an envision because i mean my friends and i well let me back the viewers up really quick and just say you know <laughs> when i started out producing i just immediately created something and i put it out for the world to see and that that shit is out still to this mm -hmm. day. Like yeah. it's still on SoundCloud. What are we talking about? Like if you the dig ugly deep mob? Enough, yeah, ugly yeah. mob. Mm -hmm. um, if you dig deep enough, you can find it. And honestly, <laughs> it's it. extremely embarrassing for me as a producer now because the stuff that I do now is just nothing compared to that. It was right. like completely opposite. So, but I'm probably going to leave it up there. I'll probably take it off and private it at one point. You know, if I start gaining traction, I want a whole bunch of people to go and listen to that because it was right. just some some of us joking around but yeah i did i but what I, did you say about it you said it was crazy oh, creative it was uh, just yeah a, a couple like nights ago i was talking with my mom about it and i was like yeah it was just super super creative right. and it's funny because something that that um happens with me i don't know if it happens with a lot of artists but when we create something like that and then we look back on it years afterwards we can still see and right. see the vision of what we were trying to do when we were doing it. So mm -hmm. in the process, we could still see what we were doing, like, and what we were going for. What was what was the sh what was I shooting for when I created a certain song or just right. the album in general? And 
what the certain thing was that I was creating was um, I created like a rap group with like a bunch of high school kids that had never rapped in their life, had never done anything musical, musically creative in their life. Like the best one we had was one, one of our buddies. He had played a couple riffs on the guitar and that was about it. <laughs> oh. So that's, that's what I had to work with. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, I want to get into production and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, we were kicking it one night, like always, we played some basketball, walked up to the house. And then I was like, you guys, you guys want to record something? I got this, I got this like weird, like Ableton live light, which is a DAW, which is like the lowest form of DAW that you can have. Like this is like beginner, like limited to eight tracks. And I produced an entire album using eight tracks on a DAW that was free. So we had, I think it was like 14 or so songs and we did it for the dumbest reason ever. Um, We're not religious whatsoever, but we did it for each station of the cross. We had 14. That was just like an extra thing that we just were laughing about because it was like, you know, we had our inside jokes that nobody will ever get. So I'm not going to sit here and explain to you my inside right, jokes. Right, sure. Like, but- we are, we had something going for us, and wow. I did end up producing that entire thing using only eight tracks and using three other rappers besides myself because I had to rap with them right. um, that have never done anything musical in their life. But you're a musical. I am, yeah. Yes. I, was, I played the piano before that, and I had been – I'd like a piano teacher and whatnot. Right, um, right. And then kind of, I kind of moseyed into the whole like production thing. <laughs> right. A freshman year. That was when it really got big for me. But how did you, like, did what made you mosey into it? Did yeah. you have friends that did it? Like, <laughs> because he went so, from. So yeah, I did. I had yeah. like a couple of people okay. that, that I had, I had um, around me, especially when I started high school. Like I okay. said, I graduated from St. Charles Bromeo and then I went to a completely different school right. that you're normally, you normally graduate St. Charles and go to Bellarmine, mm-hmm. uh, which is another kind of St. Charles itch school just for high school. Right. And um, I went to a completely different school, which is an art, art based school. So it was like, we, but right. we didn't have any sports or anything like that. So it was just a whole bunch of creatives in right. one school. And I met up with a whole bunch of guys that already had done production and Got all that it. stuff. So that's Got it. that's how it went. And so you went back to your friends from your because the the friend so, group that yeah. you recorded the album with did not go. No, to they didn't this go to Soda. School. I mean, right. if they did go to Soda, they I have a little bit of creative experience. Correct. But no, right. these guys right. no. They they went to other high schools. We we branched off. We we had met in in eighth grade. Um, oh, I love it. And they weren't from St. Charles at all. None of them were from St. Charles. We we met through a mutual friend that okay like we'd played Xbox together and right. we had just kind of kicked it online and then right. you know we started kicking it in real life and then all of a sudden they're friends friends exactly yeah how do you create because you actually created the music for each one of these 14 songs they helped create some of the lyrics you created some of the lyrics of course i can understand why you know now like producing it you'd be like "Mm, i don't Mm -hmm. know mixing and producing how much oh man it was a shit show (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. right okay but the creativity is off the chart so i mean yeah because it's like a guy who doesn't know what the hell he's doing trying to do something and actually doing it and putting Mm -hmm. it out like finishing an entire song yeah as a person who knows nothing about 
how to produce music. Yeah. It is the most interesting recorded shit in the world. Like, <laughs> I mean, like uh, maybe not interesting, but interesting to 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 be yeah. recording in hip hop. Right. Like right. a lot of a lot of the time, like you can find some old rock bands that have done that, but like their recordings still sound pretty cool. Like ours were terrible. Like ours were just <laughs> and it was God all awful. in the bedroom. It was of all your in the bedroom. Yeah. Now. Bedroom is still someplace that I will still record, and mm -hmm. that has not changed. Right. There are a lot of things that still haven't right. changed since that day. That well, I what's still her bucket? Oh, Billie Eilish Billie made that What's her bucket? Made it Billie famous. And Phineas. Yeah. Like five changed or six the bedroom Grammys thing. You started yeah. before they did, though, mm -hmm. I think. I in the don't know. At the same time, yeah. Because yeah. she had. There have been multiple people that have done it, but nobody has won five or six Grammys right. yeah. for it. That's yeah. what made it so popular. Right. No, it's correct, totally, correct. yeah. But it's possible. I guess that's what's so of course eye-opening to many, I think, is that it's possible what you can do outside of a studio these days. Right. You yeah. know? The digital the digital era is like very Huge. much upon us. I'm mm -hmm. just saying. Like if it isn't already, it's right, right around the corner. So right. Right. get ready. Well, and you went from St. Charles to Soda and then to Blackbird. Uh, and in between, you started with the DAW, the whatever that thing is Ableton called. Library, Ableton. Yeah. I think we bought that for you, the Ableton. Well, yeah, some way down the line after that. <laughs> I think yeah. I bought that for you. And then you started, you continued to upgrade and you were really fueled by teachers at Soda or how, how did that evolve? So um, the... Like I was fueled by my friends at Soda because I had been I was friends with the the best musicians that were there at the time, and in my opinion, I think mm -hmm. um, now they were then they're still some of my closest buddies. But like they were doing it and they made it seem fun, like the whole production thing. I remember uh, one of my buddies he came over and he was like, he's like, hey, uh, like let's make something I can produce. And he had been producing. His dad was in the industry. His dad has been in the industry forever. And so he has had like home studios. He's been recorded he, yeah. since he was a kid. He's been all around studios because his dad's been recording mm -hmm. too. So right. he's got a lot more knowledge than me on this subject than, than I did at the time. And so we made something and I was like, dude, that's so cool. And then like, right. you know, of course I didn't have the same music software as he did. I didn't have the nice laptop or anything like right. that. But I did have something that got me a free version of Ableton. Now, I think it was like a launch pad or something like that that had to do with like Ableton Push or something. But it got me the free version. And then I was like, oh, like I remember one, I thought it was only for pushing the push. I thought it was a legit application for pushing buttons. And then one day I realized that I yeah. could actually record an entire song on this thing. Well, it's and amazing. then you go from the digital experience to Blackbird, which was so. Yeah. Talk about I mean, yeah, I, that difference, and then yeah, start talk about that, and then we'll ask you a yeah. yeah so so when I went to uh, so after the high school experience, I dropped like a bunch of albums, bunch of songs. I had developed many connections, many friends um, throughout high school, and I immediately left Tacoma, and I and I left and i went to nashville and lived in nashville for six months mm -hmm. right before the pandemic hit and mm -hmm. i went to the blackbird academy in in nashville which is blackbird studios but they have an add-on school to that yeah um which is the academy and i i so i studied under mark ruble who's a very big mm -hmm. engineer over there yeah and um i also saw john and i talked with john multiple times and so 
I went there and I was, it was the most intense program I think I've ever experienced. I mean, you'd sit seven hours a day and you'd sit there and you'd listen mm -hmm. to Mark talk. Now, if it wasn't Mark talking, I, I'm afraid that <laughs> yeah, I would have been, been, been in shambles. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just. But it was hands-on, wasn't it? It because, was hands-on after a while. So okay. the first the first couple months you do like, um, you do the whole uh, sit in a room seven hours, right. listen to Mark talk. Now, like I said, Mark listening to Mark talk, I could do that forever. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem doing that forever. The guy's a genius. So like after a while, we 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 got into the whole studio thing and it was very hands-on. And we, I mean, it was just a whole new world that opened up for me as far as musical creativity, as far as understanding how to do stuff. It was a big technical um, eye-opening experience. Uh, I didn't know how anything was recorded before. Like I said, I learned all myself. I produced four, three guys in my bedroom, you know, <laughs> uh, using an eight, eight tracks. I mean, so, and on a digital audio workstation and using like a cheap $30 mic with a weird interface that I've never <laughs> seen in my life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I still didn't have the recording experience of, like even even at Soto we had a studio, but it was mostly like that. I mean, I'm not even gonna lie. Like most of it, it was stuff that I could already do at home. Right. Um, so it wasn't stuff that I was like super 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 fond with. And then you know you transfer from that to a multi million dollar studio, and now you got like all this analog gear. You got thousands and thousands and thousands of mics. I mean, it's just craziness. I mean, right. So so yeah, it was a big technical eye opening experience for me. As far as creativity, as far as eye opening experiences go. That was definitely like one of the biggest and hardest six months of my life. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest thing you learned from Blackbird in the studio, in the actual studio or on one of your, uh, when you had guest appearances? Because you were able to, you had many guests, you were able to go to some people's studios, you were oh, in the yeah. studio. Okay. So what? what's your like biggest takeaway from- Great question. From that experience so the biggest takeaway i had from that experience was uh well one of the big one of the big things that i thought when i was meeting up with a lot of these guys because we met up with you know vance powell from vance powell to uh andrew sheps to you know steve albini we we had all the engineers like we yep. had we had all the legends we had all the greats i mean so it's just like you meet up with all of them and they tell you their own story and it's mm. it's just it's just very interesting to see how everybody did it, mm -hmm. especially because these engineers like they're not yeah. super talked about in the music industry, even though they make it happen. Right. So like it's as an true. as an engineer, you're not talked about in the music industry. You're barely even credited on the on the freaking album. I mean, mm -hmm. John John McBride got credited on a Beatles album before the actual engineer did. And John McBride had nothing to do with like, he, all he had were a couple records that they wanted for the album, mm -hmm. you know, a couple yeah. Beatles records. So, you know, that with that being said, it, it was cool. Um, the best experience I had um, was we met an engineer, Val Garay, who he, he talked a lot of numbers that I was like, okay, this is very interesting because in the digital world, the problem was is Val Garay is a little older and so a lot older than me at least, but he's been a legend forever and you know he he grew up using vu meters and mm. 
mixing on on analog consoles and stuff like that how the majority of blackbird is set up but like that in itself is so inconsistent that he couldn't have actually had a number system and he thought he did at one point and you know he just was it was just bullshit but he talked about it at one point he, he still has sort of a number system that he does but he talked about it like mixing and stuff like that he talked about it and i was like I was super intrigued because now we have we can do the number system because right. we have a digital DAW that's ones and zeros. Oh, right. I understand. Right, what you're we saying. can't do it. We couldn't have done it in the past Without because that. all the freaking. I mean, the, the the circuit would cut out, and all of a sudden, you know, your guitar would sound super distorted, and you're like, "What the hell is that?" You know, mm -hmm. like you can't have all this electricity, all this stuff. You have a machine, you have a computer that does ones and zeros, and now there's a number system. And a lot of engineers, they don't necessarily, they, some of them have number systems or whatnot, but like it's still pretty mixed by ear, which is still very common. But like that was super eye-opening when he mm -hmm. told me about that mm -hmm. because I was like, you couldn't do it then, but now you can, mm -hmm. you know? Now right. you can figure out a formula for, for mixing a song perfectly or whatever you want to call it. What which is interesting. It's just interesting. It is interesting. What do you think the future of music is? Is it all digital or is it analog? Oh, it's all digital for sure. Yeah. They've, they, they've gotten a whole bunch of uh, digital digital plugins that replicate analog gear so well that it's like there's no point in actually buying the damn thing if you can get a $30 plugin online that emulates it perfectly. So you can make something more advanced sound less advanced and make it sound relatively authentic. Say that again. So you can make you can on a digital device you can make it sound as if it's analog. Yeah. Oh yeah. And make it sound like it yeah. is it's truly less. yes, it's yeah. less than right. Less than right. Perfect. Right. Uh, yeah, you can make it right. sound exactly like it would have been if you put it through that thing. Perfect. Okay. When you think about it, like you, if you go through Blackbird Studios, they're gorgeous. I mean, you've got all this yeah. legends, you know, recorded there, but you've got all this expensive, like I always think of tenant improvements and yeah. these expensive, huge, you know, spaces where you could do digital with a computer laptop. Right. Right. Yeah. And a mic in your bedroom. Right. It is interesting, interesting how it's, and I think of, I think of Nashville and I, you know, we all know I've spent time there. Yeah. Yes. It has a, a love for that old, older style. Of oh, recording. it's still, it's still not, <laughs> it's, it's still not. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's coming along, but it's still not. Yeah. Not you nearly. Drag them. I mean, you got to really drag everybody <laughs> yeah, over exactly. there. Like, like my roommates, they all like were still live musicians yeah. there that literally played gigs every night. And I'm yeah. like, dude. There's something beautiful about. It is beautiful. I, I love that about Nashville. Yeah. Nashville should not change. Yeah. I don't think Nashville should change. Yeah. I think that that is very important for music yeah. to I have so something too. or a place like that in the world that is devoted to as devoted as they are in Nashville to all that live mm -hmm. analog, like retro shit. I mean, mm -hmm. dude, it, like, it, it's beautiful. It I, I don't think it should, should keep on evolving. I think it should just stay. Yeah. And then, you know, gradually, but yeah. very and have gradually. Spots, more spots for the digital yeah. experience if mm -hmm. as needed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, you know, you were really the, the creative of the work that you were doing here and yeah. all the work that you did prior to, to going to Nashville. And then, you know, so you kind of show up in this Blackbird Academy with yeah. all these, you know, incredible people at all different 
spots in their career. Oh yeah, um, you know your your classmates were my class. I mean, it ranged from from me at nineteen mm-hmm. to my buddy Anthony at thirty five. Exactly, exactly. So you've got all this differences and everybody coming into this class and and from their own spot and all coming in probably similar to you thinking gosh you know I've got something special I've got something interesting I've got some I've got something I want to do with this and here's how I've been using it and then you kind of are thrown into this you know probably overwhelm and then you get to start to apply your skills yeah. on 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 projects and things and I'm curious like what did you learn about your creative process and what did you observe of others' creative processes, and did that change you at all? <laughs> That's like a great question for for me because I got to see well the students, and then I got to see the legendary engineers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So also, like I talk to Mark about this all the time because I was so curious as to how he does stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, um, man, you see a lot of differences. Like you okay. see a lot of different stuff, and they all kind of achieve their own goal, but kind of the same goal mm-hmm. i mean mix a song you know technically mix a song everybody's got their different mixing styles everybody's got a different piece of equipment everybody you know they got they got everything so with my classmates it was a it was interesting we had a couple with a couple people come in with with previous knowledge mm-hmm. such as myself mm-hmm. now my knowledge like i said was very limited but mm-hmm. I, I had quite a bit of knowledge especially right. with working with artists so when they talk about working with artists in class it was already second nature to me and that was stuff that i already understood because i had done right. so many artists before but with a couple of the students in class they came in and they didn't actually have oh, okay. a sort of workflow or no foundation really foundation mm-hmm. um their, their mm-hmm. foundation was mostly playing an instrument and that was about it okay. uh, a couple of apps for a guitar or whatnot got but it. you know that's that's what they had and you know i got to see them go from zero to 100 some yeah. of them stay at zero i'm just saying and some of them stayed at you know 75 right. 50 you know right. but and then you see the engineers workflows and all that stuff it's just I don't know what what's the most like inspiring inspiring to me. Yeah, what was the the most inspiring like workflow that I saw? There was a guy developing a workflow, guy who had actually, hmm. like I said, only an amp. Th- that was his previous knowledge. He was a singer. Wow. He's a piano player, singer. He's a complete musician. Got into Blackbird and he became my buddy. He's a very good friend of mine. I love the guy to death. His name is Jeremy Ford. And he had one of the craziest glow ups in I've ever seen in like a, <laughs> like that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean like glow up, not in like attractive, but as in like a progressive mm-hmm, way, mm-hmm. the, the insane like progress that he made. And he ended up like, we had a couple competitions as a class and mm-hmm. we had some prizes that Blackbird was given us. And so he won them all. And awesome. there's a reason why he won them all. He came in with zero knowledge and he came out with the m- biggest progression I've ever seen. It was an, it was amazing. It was like watching, you know, like a Pokemon constantly evolve every day. That's it's like awesome. crazy. Good for him. So, and it, that guy, man, like him and I, we worked together a lot cause he was driven. It was more like his um, his work ethic yeah. was super, super, super consistent. 
he kept up to speed with me and a couple of our other buddies that we had there. Um, but he kept up to speed and he asked questions no matter what. And that was the that was the highlight of anybody's workflow I saw. I mean, Valgaray's workflow, like I said, but man, this guy was, I mean, he developed an entire workflow and had an entire workflow by the end of the six months. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. He'd never even seen a DAW in his life. I mean, maybe once or twice because the, his engineer that when he was recording back when he recorded said, hey, uh, what do you want auto-tune? How do you want me to auto-tune this? You know, do you want, do you want auto-tune and whatnot? But that's about it. Hmm. And he went from that to to being to being oh. having a workflow knowing how to do it mm -hmm. it's crazy it is crazy and i want to talk about how you know we at loa and quirk talk about life purpose mm -hmm. and it's fascinating and i'm gonna talk about a few things that i know nikon and you can add your own flair to what i'm going to talk about but uh it started when he was very young i we can't remember his age but i bought a piano for his father mm -hmm. and father never <laughs> played the piano but Nikon, he did he did but i know. mean barely okay he it got was gathering dust and nikon <laughs> sat down and started playing beethoven and we thought well that's odd and is that normal so i got youtube out and i tried to play beethoven you know <laughs> i put you yep. in fact i put the the laptop on the right you no know, piano so i could try to play it i couldn't play it he would just go look on the youtube go into another room and go out and just start playing it i thought well that's odd and so it started from there right. and then we're like oh maybe you should have piano lessons which uh, you know that was great but i don't I think he had his own trajectory. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then it was like, well, let's play at the yacht or not the yacht club, but the, um, the golf That's club mm -hmm. when he was 15 or whatever he was 14, 15, whatever it was. And then he was playing for tips mm -hmm. and then there's just this, flow. and he would sit there, you would sit there for an hour and a half. Yeah. Three, three hours. Sometimes. Three, and then he got, and would play without any music. Any music. No, no, he just, Play. and so then he like just full songs yeah, like yeah. not just you not know. full songs but you know well, i had to keep it interesting you yes. can't play full songs for no, people. okay got it okay okay but, right. but like, still the point so is the point is is we're talking about yes. flow here and then he went to you know saint charles and it was normally to go to bellarmine i was like yeah i don't think you should i think you yeah. should go to soda because here it's the school of the arts and find your planet of people you know yes. and you know, there was some pushback. So he didn't really want to do that. All his other friends were going to sure, Bellarmine. Sure. He wanted to go to Bellarmine. And mm -hmm. then there were divine influences right. that just in even his his teacher at St. Charles said, I think the way you think it would be better to go to soda. Right. Some comment like that. Mm -hmm. Because kind Nikon is asshole. a mm -hmm. well, I mean, Nikon's a strategic thinker. He's mm -hmm. not the normal thinker. Which is a good thing, and yes. but not everybody can. That's normal. Can understand right. that. Okay, right. so he goes to Soda, and then of course we start looking at Berkeley for mm -hmm. a school of music, mm -hmm. and we ended up Madison, which is mm -hmm. is um, daughter. Gina's daughter, who's in Nashville. Asks her professor, and her professor gives gives me the Blackbird idea. Mm -hmm. And things just flow for him. 
And of course, now he had to graduate during the pandemic. Okay, sure. which was like, yeah, which is you know, I mean, there's not without obstacles. A lot of the, I mean, a right. lot of flow is not without obstacles. So he knows his purpose. Now he's in his next stage right. to figure out that flow. But do you have advice for people, Nikon, where when you look back at he's 21 now? Mm-hmm. And he has graduated. He's an audio recording engineer. You know, he's been doing this a lot. He works nonstop. His work ethic is off the charts. Um, Do you have advice for others when you think, look back on your life and and to take that advice as you move to the next step? Because he's really ready for the next step right now. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Some advice to give fellow artists, engineers, musicians. Yep. That are younger, I would yeah. say for for younger, just do it. For yeah. older, mm-hmm. you know, also just do it. Because mm-hmm. some people they wait a little too long. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, for older people, I'd say you know, either either be appreciative of the new generation. Don't be a cooped up little engineer in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a, don't be a pensioner. As Goli would say, don't be a pensioner. Oh my God, I pensioner. love that. A pensioner? Pensioner. Yeah. Cooped up engineer in the back that doesn't want to see that. Any, mm-hmm. any any new faces. Right, mm-hmm. right. He's yeah. like, I want to see all the old faces. Yeah. This, this isn't new. Yeah. I'd say lay off just, keep, just a little bit. Keep evolving is what I'm hearing. Keep yeah. evolving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So help me understand this, Nikon, because I mean, I like I said, been in been in the industry a while. Can you explain to people? Because and I'm I'm curious your thought on it too. Because you're now you have your you know your um, certified engineer, right? Yeah. But you are a producer. Yeah. Producers and engineers are two different two people different things and two, two different, different people. Two different two different uh, jobs. I get confused by that too. To the project and oh, the God. and the intent on the project. Yeah. Right? So I'm curious, like. How do the how do you reconcile those two things? Which which of them stand out to you as as where you want your career to lean? Okay. And then how do you reconcile those two? When if you're a producer, you're not going to be the engineer, but you got probably have strong opinions about the engineering part. And then if you're an engineer, you might be have thoughts on the producing okay. part. So I'm just kind of curious how how you guys keep that those two things straight. Okay, so um for the uh, for for me to like have well be the engineer and mm-hmm. the producer uh my career i wanted to focus more on the producer side of things okay. and the reason for that is is if the listeners don't know uh the difference between an engineer and a producer the biggest difference now there's a lot of technical little mm-hmm. differences but the biggest difference mm-hmm. is one is involved in the musical creativity mm-hmm. and one is involved in the technical creativity right. ah. um and right. so and the technical creativity some would say is isn't even creativity at all. It's like you get right. to choose which gear you want this to run the, the audio This is the engineer through. component of the program. Yeah, Correct. yeah. yeah. Correct. the engineer, you know, you, you get to choose what gear you want to run it through. Mm-hmm. Um, will it sound different? Eh, kind of, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, to your ear probably, but to mine or another listener, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, as a producer in the musical creativity, you actually have a lot of influence in in the mixing well when, when you get into the to the engine like you have a lot of influence on the engineer usually yeah. the engineer is working for you yes mm-hmm. um uh, yeah so mm-hmm. i want to be more of a producer with that being said that's where my career focus leans toward mm-hmm. um and if i'm a producer i do have a little bit of uh control over the engineering Absolutely. part but honestly like i don't if i know how to do it um and i know someone 
that does good work, there's no way I care how it sounds. I just know I trust them. Okay. Um, I wow. do want the the musical creativity though. That's a big part of me. That if I ha- if I didn't if I don't use that, mm-hmm. I feel like it'd be a waste because yeah. I have so many ideas and so many thoughts that I know that maybe if I had a guitar player or if I had someone mm-hmm. yeah. that like a like a filmmaker or something like that, I could totally capitalize on, and it would be something super interesting for the world. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. All I know is I just have ideas and I don't want them to go to waste. I love that. I'm mm-hmm. so glad you said that because I think the engineering, it's it's important yeah, to understand it's, it's a mechanic of the work. Yeah. It is, it is not the most creative component of the work. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Well, clearly you found your purpose. What yeah. about, could you have advice for, I'm going to say young people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to the young people, Nikon. I think that, you know, you could give them some good advice if they just don't feel like they fit in. It's always, I did say your planet of people because yeah. it just never felt like you you fit in the perfect circle or mm-hmm. square or whatever you want to say, you know. And mm-hmm. do you have advice for young people that, it happens a lot to creatives, okay? But do you it have does. advice for any child or young person who just is struggling in school or just what feels it, different? Yeah. Like they don't they don't fit. Like this isn't their planet of people. Um, you know, they're unhappy. They're bored. Mm-hmm. They're picked on by others. Mm-hmm. What do you want to say about that, Nikon? Do you have some good advice? I don't know if I have it. Good advice, but I will say that that is a very tough situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what kind of advice you could give someone in that situation because a lot of people are experiencing that same situation, but differently. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely. I don't know. I don't know exactly how to give advice except for, I mean, if you got to, I mean, it goes, it gets down to personality. It depends on how people deal with things. If if they deal with things very harsh, I mean, it's hard to give advice yeah. because you don't know what the hell that person's feeling. Now, me growing up, I had a little bit of a rough time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's why you're asking me. Mm-hmm. But honestly, my personality got me through it. And if I didn't mm-hmm. have the personality that I had, man, like, I don't know if I would have, I would have been the same person. Mm-hmm. So advice, I don't know. Uh, I'd say the best advice I could give someone going through something like that um, is like do as much of what makes you happy mm-hmm. you can That's great. to cope with everything else mm-hmm. so that you don't get sucked in too bad. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's awful it's that awful. we still have to have children struggling at school or getting picked on or the teachers. I just feel like our yeah. education system hasn't evolved to take into account everybody's learning, you know, and you have somebody who clearly, you know, Nikon, right. you have creativity wired in your brain and, you know, there's no place for creativity at school. Uh, nope. There's not a lot of place. Art I class can't say is not no. nearly enough for right. what he's got. Exactly. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. And so it's, it's a shame that I children agree. are still young people and children are still having to not feel good enough because of right how they're treated in school. Well, it reminds by teachers me teachers and and students. Yeah, it reminds me of uh the the beginning of this conversation was around, you know, the pinchy engineer. Pensioneering. <laughs> Pensioneering. Uh is that, you know, it's there's this there's this 
old school approach to the way we educate children. And yeah. there's this evolving uh, yeah. change in our youth that is going to, I think, going to continue to confront this structure that doesn't serve yeah, uh, so. an evolving society. And so hopefully we can I mean, get there. But then it's, beyond that, you've got this, the bullying and all the other student stuff that is, this is tough. It's very tough. Yeah. It's tough to be different. Whether you're a teenager, a young kid, whether you're an adult, it's, it is tough to, to be confident en enough in yourself to be different. And mm -hmm. Nikon watching like I did for, for so many years, I mean, you held your head up high. You were mm -hmm. always so incredibly thoughtful, kind, driven, passionate about what you did and, and, and just always made sure that you didn't let that in affect you as, as, as yeah. much as it, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Yeah. But my situation was a lot easier because I had the parents that I did. Yeah, mm. you did. So yeah. Thank you. That, that is true. Talk about advocacy, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about next yeah. steps for you, Nikon. So you are, okay, I get to hear this because I we're know. still pandemicking and working mm -hmm. from home. Yes. Uh, we've gone from hip hop to pop to, uh -huh. uh, to Persian music. And to country and to well country yeah I, we got to stuff I mean, country in I there. Mean, country, I forgot to add he that. Was stuck in country, you know for six that I, I you know I forgot to add that yeah. to the flow. Yes, because part of the flow was going to Nashville. We didn't have a place for him, mm -hmm. and his father looked up places. We were scrambling, and we sent Gigi, yep. uh, the Gina and Jarrett <laughs> to go look and at. And Madison was there too. Yeah, and the first place looked like. I don't know. I was. I'm. I don't even want to talk about it. I want to sleep tonight. The second tonight. place, he's with Mackenzie mm -hmm. and Nate, and it's like the perfect setup. So like, it's so yeah. Like things don't look good, but it's so it ends it up was, so could not good. Have been more perfect now are they going to be everyone friends oh. forever? Oh, they're right? friends forever. Uh, Mackenzie and I, we still talk all the time like i slide up on his stuff he slides up on my stuff i text him once in a while that's awesome. texted are, nate the other day too nate's doing well nate was a amazing. producer those are okay so so to tell the viewers those were my roommates in nashville yeah. and gina helped me get those yeah. roommates well your um, dad actually found them but i just went and inspected them, to make sure yeah, they were good no, <laughs> they were incredible my dad was good. gonna stop yeah no that well been, it's divinely yeah. appointed it divinely that we happened to be there we were moving madison the whole in, thing I think. was the divinely thing. appointed yeah. Yeah. i mean it was it, it's like a story out of a book the mm -hmm. way that Mackenzie and i like vibed in the yes. way that we did it was kind of interesting because i came into a house with I know. two roommates that had already been doing the whole producing um one one's a full-time road musician which mm -hmm. of that is Mackenzie, and still is to this day and uh and nate's like a full-time producer and they were much older than you they two. were way older like nate was like 28 when i moved in and Mackenzie was like 24 and you're like what 19 like and i'm 19 i'm yeah. 19 yeah yeah i you know that and i that will say so for all those listeners that talk about that was divine flow mm -hmm. but it was still a tough time for you it was mm -hmm. a great time and you met people you'll never forget, but still it was hard road the hardest to be there and be creative and be in those classes. And I mean, it was still a tough road then. For me, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't that tough. The only thing that was tough was not knowing anybody. When yeah. I moved to Nashville, yeah. I didn't know anybody. Yeah, and so hard. 
but it wasn't creatively. It was one of the most humbling, but also most amazing. Expansive. And, um, mm-hmm. Expansive. Just mm-hmm. learning in general was great then because I was so focused on Blackbird. And then I'd come home and Mackenzie would have something, you know. Country. So Mackenzie would have country. Like, it's funny because I came from the Northwest. I mm-hmm. came from like Washington. And, you know, Everybody in Washington, nobody likes country here. Just to inform the viewers, <laughs> well, there's not, there's some, there's, completely there's true. some, there's the some people. But, it just, but yes, that's you're true. talking to a kid fresh out of high school. Trust right. me, ain't nobody liking country. Yet. No, unless you're from Eden Claw. It's like it's like it's like <laughs> it's like maybe if I went to Bellarmine, I'd find some country fools. But like <laughs> mm-hmm. I went to Soda and all the artsy stuff. It was all like jazz and mm-hmm. and uh, hip hop. Yeah. Like hip hop mm-hmm. was number one. Like it still is. And um, pop and stuff like that. So it was all these, you right. know, Drakes, uh, Kanye's, Kendrick Lamar's throughout high school. And then, you know, uh, none of my friends ever thought about doing country Wait, or listen anything to Garth. like that. No, no. Nobody, <laughs> nobody would ever listen to Garth or Martina <laughs> yeah. or Reba, like anybody like that. So me going to Nashville, and it's funny because like I had produced only hip hop before, only hip hop and one pop song. I had done one pop song, right. but I had done so many hip hop songs. It was, I just don't even know how many, there's too many to count. And so right. I went to Nashville and one day Mackenzie was like telling me about how he's got this <laughs> vocal tuner in LA that he's going to try and start off his career in his bedroom playing the guitar. And he's got all these songs and he's hiring writers and stuff like that. And like I'm sitting there and I'm like, I could get some practice on Pro Tools, which is the DAW that we're using in right. school. Yeah. And Mackenzie and I, we just, you know, made song after song after song. And then eventually for the Blackbird Academy, which was my final project, I invited Mackenzie to come record all of his songs that he had made. And, you know, in the basically studio. like that's in- when Mackenzie just started dropping all the stuff. He finally like I love like, that I, story. We we together kicked off his career. Yeah, in, I mean, and he still is. is co- this is the flow we're yes. talking about. It was, it was the most out was of divine. book, like it was straight out of a movie. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the way that we did it was straight out of a movie. Like, some nineteen-year-old kid moves in with yeah, uh, some guy who really wants to do his own music, yeah. but has been playing for these famous artists all his life, and then all of a sudden, he, the nineteen-year-old, says, "Hey, let's kick it off. Yeah, let's, let's do it." And I made it happen, artist, and yeah. Mackenzie made it happen, and. Now he is still making music. He's found his, he's found every, he's still making music. He's still dropping stuff. And it's all thanks to him wanting to do it. Yeah. And me being able to record, yeah. you know, Free Fallen or whatever the first song was. That we I did. love that. It's, it is about flow. So then we've got EDM now. We've mm-hmm. got Persian mm-hmm. music. We've got. Oh, God. We've, we're, we're all over the board, which is a beautiful. Which is fun, yeah. Okay, so the next step for me. Is that what you're yeah, saying? That okay, is so the, the next step for me, after I just went to LA and done a couple things in LA with Persian music, like my mom said, I did try to get into that because we do. I have a grandpa that is that was extremely famous in Iran, mm-hmm. um, that all these huge Persian musicians, like millions and millions of followers on social medias, they all like adore, they love my grandpa, and they all respect him a lot because he was in, he was a ghostwriter, basically. Now, Iran, they probably don't want me to say ghostwriter, but here right. in America, we refer to them as ghostwriters now. In Iran, they are poets. Here, they are poets, but everybody just calls them ghostwriters. Mm-hmm. So, he my grandpa wrote a bunch of songs and 
And mm. so he was like a famous poet in Iran. Um, and so I went to LA and I just tried to get in with the Persian community to see if I could get my foot in the door that way. Basically like my next step is just getting my foot in the door, the right door right. to where I can just start blowing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, it's kind of a bad way to like say it, but like, I just kind of want to blow up mm-hmm. at this point. Like I'm just waiting because I can do it. I just, like I know I can do it when I'm there. Yeah. I just need to get there. And that getting there right now is very, very difficult. So when you kids say blow up, yeah, what exactly do you mean by blow up? I don't mean TikTok famous. Okay. Thank so, you for clarifying. Let's yeah. clarify that. Yep. TikTok famous is not a constant fame right? Um, unless you're Charlie D'Amelio or uh, Dixie or whoever else in that family, you know, mom, dad. Those people, those kind of people on TikTok, those are consistent. Okay. Consistently famous. I don't even know who these people are, um, but I'm going to look them up. They're they're <laughs> extremely famous. They're the first like big, huge, famous TikTokers that were just random. That okay. weren't like already a celebrity beforehand. And they're huge right now. Like, like massive in social media and everything. Mm-hmm. Like everybody knows them and they just did dances. Well, I think Charlie was the one who did the dances and Dixie followed through and did mm-hmm. some other stuff. I'm dancing probably, I don't know. But basically m- my idea of blow up is like consistently have a fan base. I'm sorry, but people, mm-hmm. if you have 1 million views on one TikTok on your your account, like let's say your last TikTok, it's blowing the the fuck up like it's mm-hmm. just blowing up right now mm-hmm. i'm sorry but good luck doing that consistently and that's why tiktok pays a lot more because right. they know how inconsistent their their actual algorithm is for people to blow up even though it is super super easy for people to blow up it's very it's hard very, to maintain it's it. very hard to maintain it but there's a purpose behind why you want to blow up it's not to be it's famous not, no, it's no, no. what is well, it it's access. getting back to that yeah, yeah yeah sorry um getting back to the whole like what yeah. blow up mm-hmm. it means it just kind of means having a consistency okay. in in sort of viewership uh fan base having connections i mean honestly like it's just being connected with people that are that are influences in the in the world mm-hmm. um people that can't you got you can creatively continue mm-hmm. um your journey and you can do it for a bigger public than you've already done it for right if that got makes it. any sense yep yep that, it does so it it provides a greater Greater fan base, fan all base for cloud. your new things to, when they come out to yeah. be seen. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Just new, for new stuff that I do right. for for the world to see, basically. Right. And that's kind of just the best way I can put it. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing that I think you were saying is it, it provides, and maybe you weren't, like if you weren't, but it provides access to artists and people that you wouldn't normally have access to mm-hmm. to yeah. create mm-hmm. and collaborate with, yeah. which is yeah. really important. Get your I'm attention ready to, from to, others. To go a little yeah. bit bigger than I have. Yeah. I'm yeah. ready to yeah. go bigger than just three guys that are just my buddies, <laughs> you know? Well, maybe you'll take them with you. We already have McKinsey. I mean, you're you're getting there. You've got Young Wolf. Yeah, for sure. TJ, yeah. You've got yeah. some good artists. Yeah, he You've got some good, does. good ones there. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Well, it's exciting. I, I, you know, when I think about uh, Nikon, I think of him as like my second son. <laughs> I, I have Jared. I and think Jared's of a, my second a, son. Uh, upcoming uh, producer. So yeah, for sure. But yeah. yeah, I think of, I think so. A brother from another mother. watch you for <laughs> sure. And as you've grown yes. and evolved and- 
you know, I, I, I know you're patiently waiting to, to take off into this next phase of yeah. your career and get that started. And I, I, I can appreciate how everybody's patience are tested these days. And so, um, it's happening. It's coming. It's, it's happening. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Happening. it's happening. It's, it's happening. You vision it. Envision yeah. it. We're going to envision it for you. We're going to hold that vision with you and it's happening. Yeah. 2022 sure. is your year. Yeah. For sure. 2021, the end of it and 2022. Hopefully. And then it well, just keeps sure. going from there. Yep. Well, thank you, son. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> no thank problem. you, Nick. Second son. I had a lot of fun doing <laughs> All right. It. We appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you and spending your time with us. Wow, thank you guys. I really do appreciate you guys having me on. This is the like the first the first time like yeah. a, a relative has been on, yeah? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Well, and that close of a relative. Well, that Nas close. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes sure. they were all relatives. But. but but I think, you know, now as we like kind of wrap up, Nikon, we'll close our eyes and we'll we'll listen to your music on our way out because that's what's going to happen as soon as we, okay, we say dope. goodbye. <laughs> so yes. Your music will play us out. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if, if the viewers don't know, that music that you hear in the intro, that was made by me a long time ago. A long, a long time, time ago. ago. It was yeah. like before... Before Basquiat's, I think. Yeah. Really? Like during Basquiat's, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we heard it. It was perfect. It was perfect. Podcast. And we're going to link in all of your, if you allow us, yeah, to your albums and your music. I don't, know about, and I don't know about all the ugly mob stuff, the old stuff, but <laughs> I'll definitely link the newest stuff and then link the artists that I work with as well. Okay. Excellent. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you, Nikon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, Thank you for joining our VIP conversation. And please visit us at our website, www.loauncork.com. See you soon.